You know, if you haven't checked out What Chaos yet, you oughta, because we've had all your favorite players on the show. I'm talking Seth Jones, Lena Solmar, Connor Bedard, whoever it may be. We're live every day on YouTube at noon Eastern, but also available on all podcast platforms, including the one you're listening to right now. We got guests, and yeah, we're also doing a bit of chit-chat, goofing around, laughing at what makes us laugh in hockey. So regardless of how deep you are into your hockey fandom, Come listen to What Chaos. We'll talk about your favorite team. We'll talk about your least favorite team and everybody in between. And we're having a ton of fun doing it every single day, Monday through Thursday. It's What Chaos, presented by All City Network. It is now Wednesday, which means we're about halfway through this week's WGT closest to the whole competition. I can't really recommend this game enough. I know AJ and I have been playing it a ton just because we're super competitive people and want to get the closest to the whole, at least out of each other. And he always beats me because I suck. But that's a different story. If you want to be part of this, if you want a chance to win a gift card to a local restaurant or a free DNVR show, shirt you have a chance to do it every single week all you have to do is go to freewgt.com download this game it's called world golf tour you go there download it get through the intro and then you're going to go to the closest to the hole challenge this week's course is pebble beach hole number four that is the hole that we are doing for the awards Again, freewgt.com to download the game. Once you get into Pebble Beach and play hole number four, just take a screenshot of your score for closest to the hole and send it in to us either at our Twitter or at info at thednvr.com. Either way, it will get to us. And once you've entered, not only have you entered for this week's prize, but you've entered for a grand prize at the end of it all. You can enter every single week to increase your odds to win either tickets to an Avs game or if you're out of state, a jersey of your choosing. It's going to be sweet for whoever wins it. I know a bunch of people that already have at least three entries in since this is the third week. So if you're not on it, you got to get in there to get a chance to win some of this awesome, awesome stuff. Either way, even if you don't win, it's kind of just a fun game to mess around with. I'm a golfing game fan though. And I I think AJ is too, but it's our kind of cup of tea, I guess. Yeah. It's, it's funny how uh, I don't play really any other sports games, but like tennis and golf, I'm there. Yeah, you give me those those video games, those sports games. I'm there, sold. I can get down with that. Either way, WGT, freewgt.com. Download the game, come play with us. Let's jump into the show. And Cole gets another good righty and another right by Cole. A left by Cole this time. Tipped in front by Mika Rentinen. He shoots and scars. Nathan McKinnon, call J.T. Comfer, 877 goes now. Gabriel Landeskog, collective hugs, 29 and 92. Save me by Grubauer. Move over, Picasso. This piece of art is by McKinnon, my goodness gracious. Welcome. 
welcome into the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by The Green Solution. You can visit any one of their 17 Colorado locations or go online at mygreensolution.com and reserve per pickup. Plus, you can use code DNVR20 for 20% off your entire purchase. I'm Nathan Rudolph. He's AJ Hayfley. The Avs are off today, this Wednesday the 13th, but they are coming off of their win against Winnipeg. And they're a team that continues to be pretty beat up. As expected, Pavel Francos is out, not going to be in the lineup by the sounds of it for at least the coming game against Edmonton. But a bit of a curiosity here as the Avs called up Antoine Bebo, which, you know, in theory makes sense, except for the fact that he is also hurt. I'm at a loss. I was I was actually excited to see what they were going to do today because I was like, okay, well, this is going to be really interesting. Antoine Bebo has been hurt. He's been hurt since the start of the season. He hasn't even been consistently practicing. You know, the last thing, the last comments that we had heard from Greg Cronin were he doesn't know what's going on with him. And now Francois is hurt. We don't have any kind of official word on him. And suddenly Bebo is good enough to be called up. And now they've got four goaltenders on the trip. It is a really, really strange situation, especially with it sounding like Grubauer wasn't that far off. Sure, maybe he's hurt enough that you don't want him to play, but you could use him as a backup just as fine as you could use Bebo. My So my only like theory is that if they did not want to put Francois on IR, and in order to put have Grubauer be the backup, they would have had to pull Grubauer off IR. And I don't know when they placed him on it. Um, I'd have to go back and actually look at the calendar because, you know, you can place on retroactive to whenever yeah, the guy yeah. got hurt. Yeah. Um, and that would have been the, the Dallas game last Tuesday. So that would have been seven days. They would have, he would have been eligible to be pulled off IR today. And which is before tomorrow, so he could have been the backup tomorrow. But if they did not want to put Francois on IR, uh, and and they thought that there was a chance that maybe he could be healthy enough to finish the trip as Grubauer's backup, and both Werner and Bebo could then go back to the Eagles, maybe that was why they did it. Because if Grubauer is healthy enough to finish the trip and they think that Francois is only out for a game or two or something, you know, uh, being forced to put Francois on the IR, and that it, you can't make it retroactive. You can't get funny with that one. It would have had to have been he's out until at least next Wednesday, which meant that he, which would have meant that he was only eligible to come off of it uh, right before the Minnesota game, uh, which is the last game of the road trip. So I don't know if I'm explaining this very well. In my head, it makes sense, but... They they might have just done it just to, just to be safe and saying, okay, well, if our option is a hurt Grubauer uh, or, or a hurt Bebo, let's just go with the Bebo. There's no difference. We don't expect this guy to play anyway. It makes sense in the idea that they just need a warm body, right? But that's a whole lot of hoops to jump through to get there when you could have just taken Grubauer off IR. <laughs> Right, and like they could have done that, but that would have required a corresponding roster move, 
which they made anyway. So yeah, they sent O'Connor back. So which is again weird because now they're on the road with twelve forwards. Is there anything more to that? Are they expecting Belmar to be healthy enough to be a healthy scratch and then work back in or something? Well, so the Avs, the Avs kind of gave their, uh, you know, Emily posted pictures from practice today, and you can see Belmar's in non-contact jersey. Um, so that's probably not. Right. And so it's like, okay, so I guess he's your healthy scratch tomorrow. I guess, yeah. That's, so that's, that's just, weird for them because they really do like to have 13 healthy forwards. Well, and you want to have one extra just in case something happens. And I guess they're fine with Connaughton. If a guy gets hurt in warmups, then they just alter the lineup and they, you know, they change course and they go with a 11 uh, 7 lineup instead, which I, I don't know. I don't know why Jason Magnus out there anyway. So whatever. <laughs> uh, is there none of the, the players that could join the trip have joined yet, correct? That being correct. Zadorov and possibly Rantanen or Wilson? Yeah, as far as I know. Uh and I don't even I'm I don't even know what's up with Wilson. I honestly I yeah. have no idea where that guy is. He's a mystery man. He just left the ice in practice and has never been heard from again since then. I yeah. I don't even know what's going on there, man. So yeah, it's just a little bit odd all over the place. All these moves they've made, nothing's quite lining up. It really is. It's a good way to put it. Nothing. It's it, everything is everything is odd, and nothing makes full sense. Like you could talk yourself into partial, but nothing is like nothing makes full sense. Where you're just, it's just like okay. I'm just trying to think. Uh, do the abs see some sort of advantage in running potentially 7D against a, a high octane, high end offense like McDavid and Drysidle? Uh, I mean, it's going to be fun, right? Oh, yeah. I, I expect the game to be fantastic, right? McKinnon versus McDavid. It might not be fun in the sense that the abs do well, but it'll be fun in the sense that <laughs> awesome hockey is going to happen. Certainly, certainly some form of weird hockey is going to happen. I would also like to note that this is the exact situation we talked about over the summer when the team was kind of messing around with just the three goalies. Yeah, kind of. And they acquired for the low, low price of one of your better defensive prospects, uh, Antoine Bebo, who then turned around and got hurt. And now you're going into an Edmonton game with two of the top three scorers in the NHL and your goaltending tandem is Adam Warner and Antoine Bebo. That's not terrifying at all. I I mean, you gotta love the NHL, right? Like you have to <laughs> love like if, and what's great about the NHL is that the Avs can totally win the game. They can go in there and win three to one tomorrow. Anything's possible. They could also Warner go in there and lose nine to two. I mean, I have no I mean, idea. Right. Werner still hasn't given up an NHL goal. Does that mean that's going to continue, or does that mean the floodgates are going to open tomorrow? I don't know. Right. Uh, you know, who knows? But it's it. It really is. <laughs> it it really is kind of kind of wild. Like you, 
it's just it just keeps coming for the abs. Like there's there's no let up here. And even we've talked about it before. I'd mentioned Kadri, who you know toe picked the other night, and then Tyson Jost got smacked in the nose. They're both healthy enough to play, but mm-hmm. you know, are they really at one hundred percent? Oh, not no. so sure. No, no. I mean, Kadri's been nursing uh, some issues for a while now. So, you know. and earlier in the season, Donskoy had been battling things and not even practicing. So, really, I mean, I don't have the exact number, but. Not only man games lost, but players playing hurt. The abs have to be right at the top of the league. Yeah, you know, I have not actually checked out um, man games lost and, and actually like followed up on it. And, uh, but they're definitely they've got to be one of the leaders now and certainly in quality of players lost. You know, it's one thing if you keep calling the guy up and the guy you call up gets hurt and you're just replacing an AHL or with an AHL every night. But the abs are the abs are now down seven guys. You know that's six regulars and your backup goaltender. <laughs> that's a lot. That's it, it's crazy. It's crazy, for- man. And if and we were talking, oh, if they could go five hundred through this stretch of Landeskog and Rantanen being out, that's huge. And that, given everything that's happened since then, they go five hundred through that. It's devastating for everybody around them. This is the this is the NHL's opportunity to bury Colorado. And guess what? With this three-game winning streak since Landis got got hurt, the Avs are 3-3 three, three and 1. So this is their chance. Like you want to, you know, Winnipeg, Nashville, <laughs> two two teams that are heavily invested in Colorado's failure had golden opportunities to put put you know to to steal a game to steal one of those precious four point games and the abs the abs went out there and won those two games by a combined score of 13 to 4 yeah i straight bopped nashville and while it was close for most of the game completely handled winnipeg as well it you know it's funny it was one nothing for through two periods and uh, and yeah at no point was i really overly afraid of Winnipeg scoring. I mean, Werner just looked like he was locked in and he was just like, no, I'm not going to get what he's weird because Adam Werner came in. Right. <laughs> right. He, he just had that look though. He just, you know, he, when he made the, the sassy glove save on line a, and then the big one for me was the save on Ehlers. When Ehlers came yeah. flying down the right side, cut towards the middle and shot back across his body. And Werner just stuck the big left, left leg out there and kicked it away and was like, get out of here, son. That's when I was like, he's getting that shutout. Should UC Parkila just be immortalized by printing a left pad? Because every avalanche goalie as <laughs> left pad is like a beast. What a specialty. Francois Lair was the <laughs> butterfly goaltender. UC Parkila is the he's the 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 left pad goaltender. Just getting even more specialized to specific legs now. Right. Pretty soon we're gonna have four goalie coaches. One that one you know, one, <laughs> that, one that's got the one that's got the blocker, one for each pad, and then the other one that does the glove save. Yeah, it's gonna be great. Oh man, that's almost as good as NHL goalies using beer goggles to train. Oh my gosh. That's I still don't get that. Speaking of beer goggles. It's time to acknowledge the official beer of DNVR, Breckenridge Brewery. When the Avs are on a three-game win streak, you got to go with the Avalanche Amber Ale, right? I mean, it's just appropriate. When the Avs do well, 
have an avalanche. Pretty straightforward to me. I actually have always really liked the avalanche amber because mm-hmm. I really like amber beers. They're a little bit on the darker side, you know, not quite Guinness levels where it's like a liquid dinner, but they have those earthy flavory tones that I enjoy. And AJ is probably rolling his eyes right now because he's a strawberry sky man for life. I love the avalanche beer, though. I had it in the office yesterday. I'll probably have it in the office tomorrow. You won't because I think I had the last one today. You mother. (laughs) I guess not tomorrow, Friday. Friday. So there if you want to if you want a review, we drank all of it out of the DNVR office. So it's pretty good. But. You can look for it at your local liquor store, which I'm sure isn't out of it, or your local Davidson's or anywhere that sells alcohol near you. And keep an eye out on the Breckenridge event calendar over on DNVR, VDNVR.com even. I, we already talked about the Nuggets live pod watch party over at Blake Street Tavern. I believe after that, the Broncos are having another tailgate event the first week of December. Those ones are always great to get to because the Breck beer there is free. So free Breck beer, better than anything else. That's about all I got to say about that. We'll be back with more in segment two. (laughs) Second segment of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by The Green Solution and AJ's Giggling. (laughs) I'm Rudo. He's the Giggle Monster. The Avs... Did set well, not the abs, but Nathan McKinnon did kind of reach a somewhat milestone with a four point night against Winnipeg, tying Matt Duchesne in all time points for the Avalanche, puts him in a tie for sixth all time. Obviously, that one has a, a lot of things going into it, with it being McKinnon the center of the future and Duchesne the center of old. But I did want to kind of look at that milestone and a couple other potential milestones for the Avs that are likely to happen in this coming year. First off, with McKinnon, on his current pace, he should break into the top five in Avs scoring all-time, passing Paul Stastny and potentially even Alex Tangay. I guess the conversation I want to get to here is it surprises me just how young this Avs team is. Uh, Not in age of the players, but in age of the franchise. It being really not quite even 25 years old at this point. There are only 35 players with 100 points on this team. So it does not take a lot to become a remembered Avalanche player. We'll put it that way. That 35th player is Tyler Arneson, too. So it sure all, those, is. all those people that keep guessing him for the lowest <laughs> points per game. We see you. We appreciate your joke. But that guy scored a bunch of points. Dude had two 40-point seasons for this team. <laughs> but it's just, like, it's interesting to me. Yes, obviously, Nathan McKinnon, great player, probably on a Hall of Fame track, assuming the Avs kind of get to the where everyone hopes they can but you can go down the list right behind him is Gabe Landeskog who will assuming he gets back to health certainly pass Matt Duchesne and possibly Paul Stasny as well you have Miko Rantanen yeah you would think Miko Rantanen a little bit further down will still very possibly get into the top 10 all time in scoring for the Avs and then keep on moving down the list you have guys on the defensive side like Eric Johnson potentially moving into the top five and five and abs defensive scoring. Sam Gerrard could move into the top 15. My point is 
this is a team, a core that is going to be remembered as the Avalanche. This is a, I don't know if it's a new era. It kind of started last year, really, but they're beginning to make their mark on the NHL. Yeah, I think <clears throat> I think you're on the right track in that. You can break the franchise. You will be able to break the franchise into three distinct pieces. Yeah. There will be those glory era, the the glory days that really ended with Sackick's snowblower incident. Uh, that season was really kind of it, right? And then the Matt Duchesne era. And then the day he was traded to today and in the future until... Mikko Rantanen or Gabe Landeskog or Nathan McKinnon leaves or retires. And something yeah. drastically changes. Like we're we're in the infancy of what should be uh, a a memorable era of Avalanche hockey. And these guys, they're they're their ascent through Colorado's record books is really I mean, Nathan McKinnon's been here for a few years, but we we thought that there was a chance, you know, Matt Duchesne was gonna be here for a long time. That we didn't, you know, we didn't think that he was going to stop at 586 games played. We thought this is this is a 12 to 15 year guy that we're going to see here in Colorado, and you know that that did not come to fruition. It was a good reminder. Duchesne stands out as a good reminder of how things can change in the league. Where we're all sitting here today talking about it, but you know anything can happen. You know, McKinnon's got 60 points to go to catch Tangay. And then after that, it's several hundred more points until he gets into the Forsberg Hayduke guy uh, category. And, you know, who knows? Maybe something happens between now and then, and he never reaches that. You know, I don't, I'm, I don't want to, like, put that out there into the of world. Like, yeah, you but, never know. but you never know is what I'm saying. And then, because it's easy to sit here, and, and we talk about this the other day, oh, 600 points behind Joe Sackick. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a lot, but also a little. It's it's a lot, but you also think, okay, well, he's now on a point per game pace. If he if he goes between ninety and a hundred, um, for the next decade, he passes that easily. Uh, yeah, that. <laughs> and McKinnon is probably capable of that, but that's just it's hard to wrap your brain around a person yeah. doing that for an entire decade, right? Well, and and like. It doesn't even have to be a day. I mean, he goes 90. He Let's just say 90 points for five more years. And then 70 for a couple and 60 right. for and a like, couple. And then whatever, he has yeah. a natural aging curve. And, I mean, then all of a sudden, you know, you're talking, you know, Sackick had his, you know, he had so many uh, years in Quebec that it left it just just slightly open. The, the door is slightly ajar for McKinnon to, to really make a move. And, I mean... <laughs> Miko Ranton at sixteenth all time. He's one point behind Chris Drury in franchise history. He had two hundred forty eight games played. Yeah, I mean that's some of the most impressive things. McKinnon tied Duchesne with more than a hundred games qu- quicker, a hundred yeah. games quicker, more whatever words. Can't do it today. Ranton in with two hundred forty eight games being so high on the list. Drury had almost sixty more than that before yeah. he he left the Avs and. That brings me to Kale McCarr, who is already in the Avs' top 50 defensemen ever in scoring of the 106 that have played at least a game for the Avs. 
And if he does the things that people are saying, we're talking 50 to 60 point range, he could potentially break into the abs top 20 in one season. (laughs) I mean, if he, if he scores 51 points this year, he passes Mikhail Grigorenko. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. There's a lot of forwards he'd be passing. He's already passed Scott Parker, Scott Parker. So, I mean, (laughs) yeah, I mean, there's he's gonna fly up this list right like if he scores if he scores 60 this year he'll be right on the right nipping at the heels of tyson jost and again same story remains to be seen how long this continues we've talked about the college wall with mccarr but just the fact that this team from top to bottom is moving up these leaderboards so quickly is it's fun to watch. That's what it is. It's, yeah. it, this well, is a good consider team. The, the, this, this group, there's a central group here. That's going to be here for a long time. You know, right. McKinnon and Ranton and Landis Scott. Oh, those are the easy ones, but you know, McCarr, Gerard, you know, they're with the possibility of a Connor Timmons. If he doesn't get traded to New Jersey, Everybody wants to talk to me about all day, you know, Bowen Byram, like these are all going to be guys who, you know, they're, they're going to be around and they're going to be together for a long time. Yeah. It's, it's something that has become exceedingly rare in sports is hanging on to a significantly large core of players. And I think it does happen in hockey a lot more than in many other sports. San Jose for the last decade. Yeah, exactly. So maybe that's what drew me to hockey a little bit is, is you can fall in love with an entire team, not just, Oh, this is the star player and all the other pieces are replaceable. Yeah. I mean, it's not the NBA, certainly. Yeah, right. Where once you get a star player, you're like, all right, hard work's done. Now we just got to find four shooters who can defend. <laughs> four guys that can nail threes and and play some defense, you know, and kind of work your way around there and hopefully find another star. The NHL, man, you got to you got to have guys that understand who they are. Guys that fit roles, guys that that play certain jobs. I understand that they're they're not going to be top 6 guys on a winning team. That they're that are that are fine, that are dedicated to specific jobs and you know that and the only the only list that they'll move up on in that that will matter in in this these franchise lists is games played yeah and the one that the one that you want to see a lot of games played is the postseason list that's the one man that's that's the next step nathan mckinnon tying matt duchene in regular season scoring adorable blew his doors off in postseason scoring already didn't take long for the, the postseason scoring to come in, but but you're right. That game's played, Mark, is what this current core is lacking. McKinnon and Landeskog lead it with 25, and, and that's not even good enough to break into the top 30 abs. That golden era team, you're talking about regular grinder guys. Steve Reinprecht played 50 NHL playoff games. Yeah. It's just... It's an entire team event to get into the playoffs consistently and to win in the playoffs. I mean, you look at <clears throat> you look at these guys and and what it meant to have that golden era 
and what it means to keep guys around. I mean, you're talking Joe Sackick played two full seasons worth of postseason games in an Av sweater. Yep. That's crazy. Nathan McKinnon has 25 playoff games. Got a ways to go in that regard. So, you know, Gabe Landis caught 25 playoff games. Miko Rantanen has 18. You know, but these hey. guys, these guys are all chasing. John Clem played 94 postseason games. Yeah. And as as an Av. Like, and you and you're talking, if you go and win the Stanley Cup, you win like 22 games. 20, you know, you you're you play in like 22 games, 26 games, somewhere in that range. Yep. Pretty consistently. So, you know, to to be a group that's worth remembering and to be one where you start talking about, okay, well, now that you guys have moved up these record books, guys are never you nobody's ever gonna wear your number again. You know, that's that's the next that's the one of the big next steps is okay, now we want to start retiring numbers. That's what the beginning, that's what this year is more than anything for me, is that I think this is the beginning of that. This is really the true beginning of that era because Makar is here now. And it always felt like you were waiting for Makar to replace Barry. And then now that that, that has happened. Now it feels like this is the group that you have going forward. And there will be guys that, that will be added, you know, the Timmons and the Byrams and Alex Newhook because he's he's good again and I can stop hating on him. <laughs> you know, obviously Eustace Ananen someday. Gotta he's a future Vesna winner. So, you know, those those guys are all gonna be, you know, th- there will be guys that still get added to these to this down the road. But for for the most part, this is the core. For the next five to six years, this is there's there's just that group. The group that they protect in the expansion draft for Seattle, by and large, is their is their group, is the group that they will go to war with for the next several years. Yeah. For the better part of the next half decade at least, if not more. Yep. So I don't know. I just wanted to get that out there in the world because it, it reminds me of when I was a kid and Every time I turned on an Avs game, there was superstars to watch. And it seems like the Avs are kind of back to that level. But we'll wrap up the second segment here. Hopefully in the third segment, we'll get into some of the Avs Central Division as well as around the league. Because some players are doing some stupid things in the NHL right now. And I mean that in a good way. But first... The Avs probably have a couple of interesting matchups coming up, including a few rubber matches. So it's time to talk about Denver Rubber Company. Denver Rubber Company is the most reliable local partner for your long-term projects since 1972. Denver Rubber Company has provided the highest quality of products from custom die-cut gaskets, molded rubber, to custom contract manufacturing, and custom hoses. And guess what? With all the snow we've already seen, you know there's more coming, so you'll need Denver Rubber Company when it comes to anything snow plows. DRC can cut to size and pre-slot most snow plow rubber. The blades can be cut to any length and slotted for mounting to meet your exact specifications. We went and checked out their warehouse a while back. We've talked about it a bunch because they legitimately make awesome stuff, including pieces that go into bulletproof vests and are capable of stopping AK bullets, as well as all sorts of rubber. They have a warehouse full of rubber hoses cut to any shape and size that you could possibly imagine. Denver Rubber Company 
custom makes it all and you can purchase products for yourself and of course buy bulk at a fantastic rate they're a family-owned business with loyalty only to the people just like us here at dnvr so be sure to call them today for any of your snowplow custom gasket hoses or whatever else that's made out of rubber that you might need you can reach them at 1-800-259-0010 or visit them at drcfirst.com dnvr Third and final segment of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by The Green Solution with Rudo and AJ. Just a quick shout out that there is still time to support us in our quest for a free year supply of Breckenridge Brew by using our promo codes, that is Rudo or AJ, at checkout when you sign up for a DNVR membership of annual or longer. And going to be honest at this point, I think I think the Nuggets probably have this one in the bag, but we still want to show out as the Avs squad. You can also use Evan Code's Rowl, R-A-W-A-L, to sign up with as well, just to check out our awesome content, like AJ's newest film room on Kale McCarr and how he's actually just incredible, which is where I want to start this segment. AJ, do you agree with me when I say Kale McCarr is the best offensive defenseman in the Western Conference currently. I'm not talking about all year. That's going to change, obviously. But he's tied with Roman Yossi at the top of the West for point production. Yeah, you know, boy, that's that that would be the only guy I would have, in, have the conversation with would be Yossi. But he's done more of his work on the power play, which means Makar has done more of his work at even strength. So Makar gets the nod, sucker. Love to hear it. The only defenseman in the West with more goals than Makar is Petrangelo, who also does a lot of his work on the power play. Makar, all five of his goals have come at even strength. So that's nice, especially when he does silly things like walk an entire team to score them. <laughs> but Guy's a beast, man. He, he really is. I mean, I could watch Makar highlights all day. <laughs> Every well, day. I think, I think, um, you know, it started out super power play heavy. Right. As he built up his confidence. Yeah. And now over the last week, you know, he has eight power play points versus 10 even strength points. And the guy that he gets compared with the most often is Quinn Hughes. Quinn Hughes has 12 points and nine of them are power play points. So. Yeah. Not only is Makar smoking Quinn Hughes in points, but he's got him he's got him beat in even strength by a, a good large while, amount. While. Yeah. So uh, you know, it's I'm I'm really just And like I'm kinda taken aback, honestly, that he's as good as he has been. How impressive. Some of the, the defensemen Makar is currently outscoring. Sure, it's a short stretch, but along this stretch... It's a quarter of the season. Brent Burns, Eric Carlson, Kevin Shattenkirk, Chris Letang. list goes on and on. Rasmus Dahlin. Yeah, some of these guys, it's not even close. You know, he's got six more points than Dolan does. So, I, I just... I really think that Makar is a special player, and I'm so excited that it took him all of 10 games to figure out how to do that in the NHL. Right. 
little adjustment period here in the regular season, and the only thing we're worried about now is the wall. Yep. It's it's gonna come, man. I'm confident it will. But it's a, it's a fair assumption. <laughs> don't it, it, get disheartened by it either, though. Players. Right? Like when that drop off comes from a car, <coughs> remember that he's still an incredible player, and right. we'll figure that out as well. Yeah, and and honestly, like when it does happen, it you know maybe it's not so severe. Maybe it ends up being two points in five games. Sure. Those yeah. those types of like mini stretches. Yeah, a little bit colder on the all around. Yeah. And then you know, the what what we've seen over the last couple of years especially with the guys in Colorado, uh you know, with Confer and Kerfoot uh, and Jost is that they they usually hit that wall January, February-ish. Yeah. By the end of March when they're in the rhythm of playing every other day and they've spent the last two months being tired and miserable every day because that's what happens when you play 60 NHL games and your body has never done it. You see those guys, they've all picked it back up at the end. They've all finished strong. So the guy will hit the wall and then eventually he'll run through it. Especially someone as talented as Kale McCarr. <laughs> right. Like guys of freaking nature. His, his wall might be a week. You just never know until you get there, <laughs> but or he could just, you know, completely destroy the universe and go full John Carlson on everything. Dude, what this, is that? He, John Carlson, the highest scoring defenseman, the fifth highest scoring player in the league. He has more points than Nathan McKinnon. He's two points behind Connor McDavid on the season. You, If you take out all of John Carlson's goals, he's still the highest scoring defenseman. With assists only, his twenty-one yeah. assists. Yeah, seriously, it's he's off to such an unbelievable start. And like when he signed that deal two years ago in free agency, it was like you're probably going to get a couple more really good years out of him, and then boy, the back end of that contract could be bad. Like we say with every big extension given out to a twenty-eight year old, twenty-seven year old, you know, who's right at the end of the aging curve of of the prime of their aging curve, and all guys decline at different speeds. You know, you never really know. John Carlson is just like, no, I'm going to go supernova randomly two years into this huge deal. Yeah. I mean, did you have John Carlson in your top five D? I forget. Uh, I don't remember, but I know I, I think I took him out at the very end. All uh, right. Because I'm a baddie, clearly. Well, keep. I kept him in, and that makes up for me not having Ovi in my top, like, three. So, we'll call it even. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> Word. <laughs> Got to toot my own horn, but also self-deprecate a little bit. Yeah. A little bit I, of both. But I, in there. I mean, 125-point pace for a defenseman through a quarter of a season is unbelievable. I don't care. I don't care what 20-game stretch that is. That's stupid. Yeah, no, it, at any point in any season ever for a defenseman to do that, you're talking about, like, the greatest scoring defenseman in history. <laughs> right, like, that's, I mean, that's Bobby Orr level. Yep. That's so stupid. And his shooting percentage, career 6% shooter, right? Right. And, right. like, and like defenseman, for a guy to shoot 6% in his career, it's pretty solid, actually. For a defenseman, like that's, you know, given where they shoot from, right? Yeah, yeah. 
but right now almost 15 percent so you're like okay like oh girl we see like that'll that'll come down at some point that'll come back down to earth but it's not one of these like 32 percents where you're like this is going to crater right it should come down a decent chunk and then he's still passing the puck to ovechkin right again if you take all of his goals out he's still leading defensemen in scoring what john carlson is doing has gone super unappreciated around the league because I don't see anybody talking about it. I don't, I don't ever, I don't, which is always an anecdotal way to, to gauge things. Right. But like I spent, a, I spent a decent amount at, on hockey Twitter, soaking in the, the community and what's going on and what, what debates are, are, are going on around the league. And I don't see very much, Hey, what John Carlson is doing is absolutely crazy pants. At all. I, I don't ever see any of it. It's more like, wow, John Carlson, another 3.9. Well, that's good for him. <laughs> well, is it just because he's playing on an ultra-mega juggernaut team right now? Because the Capitals are 13-2-4 on the Which, year. What? I mean, yeah. Colorado walked in and, like, ate them up. Right. It wasn't even – I guess it ended up being a little close, but the Avs never trailed in that game and were up by multiple goals for most of it. Yeah, and and the only time it got close was when they scored the disallowed goal, which was a John Carlson goal, by the way. <laughs> so he should have even more points. <laughs> so, uh, I, I, you know, I coming into the season, I don't think I don't think any of us thought Washington. You know, we, with Washington, you're like, ah, oh, they've got they've got some serious talent still hanging around, but you almost have fatigue picking them at the top every year. We were like, at some point. It's going to come crashing down. I mean, you look at the Kings, you look at the wild, you know, the like teams that were in there for years, just reliably, just in the mix for a number of years. And then woke up one day and it was like, Oh, all these guys are old and all these guys are bad. Now the team is bad. Washington just was like, no, we're getting older and we just don't we care. Choose not to be bad. Better. Did they, did they space jam Tampa Bay? Because Tampa Bay has 18 points. They're 8-5-2, and two, and they were the favorite pick of everyone. Right. I mean, they everybody everybody picked Tampa Bay to run away with that division. I mean, we were already talking about how it was going to be Boston and Toronto in round one because Tampa Bay was going to win the division. Right now, Tampa Bay behind Buffalo, although that won't last much longer. And Boston leading that division with Montreal and Florida. I don't know, man. This is, this is weird. This is it's what I what I really like about it is that it's been a really fun start. It has like, been. There's been a lot of craziness. You look out in the Pacific, Edmonton, Arizona, and Vancouver. None of their teams last year that made the postseason would be playoff locks right now. Like they yeah. would not. They would not. You know, like uh, Calgary would make it in. Vegas would would uh, potentially make it in in the wild cards, but it's like Calgary ran away with the Pacific last year. Right now, Edmonton, Arizona, Vancouver, like what? I mean, yeah. And again, you're seeing (coughs) Carlson being a a monster for Washington in the West. McDavid and Dreisaitl are actually stupid for Edmonton right now. Yeah. I mean, two of the, two of the top three leading scores. So, well, I mean, that's which, the Avs had that last year. They sure did. You know, they they weren't humming along. And you know, then they, it nearly all blew up in their face. Right. right. 
Right, and you you I mean you can't help but look at the Oilers, and especially with a plus seven goal differential. Yeah, like you win in, and and I do really like the regulation wins tab on the uh, on the updated standings because it lets you know which teams are going into extra time and winning in three on three all the time. And you know Edmonton's St. got Lewis. a couple. Cough, cough. You know, well, St. Louis and Winnipeg. Winnipeg has six wins in overtime. St. St. Louis has five. Yeah. Those are and, two teams that are being propped up by three on three right now. And St. Louis has four overtime losses on top of that. They've had nine overtimes already this year. Right. They are 12 and seven and Colorado is 11 and seven. If you just count wins and losses and Colorado four points back. Yep. Because mm-hmm. overtime. St. Louis, St. Louis can get into overtime, man. If you, can, if you can just push the game there, that's great. Regular season. That's great. You can talk about how it may not, you know, you don't get to play three on three in the playoffs. That's fine. All you got to do is be the first one to score. Yeah, that's sometimes hockey's just that simple. I, <clears throat> this is a big trip out in Western Canada that they've got going because they are going to play. They're going to play all those teams. Edmonton, Vancouver, and Calgary are all on the docket. Right down the playoff line. Yeah. They're going to go through the heart of the Pacific Division. In the next week, we're gonna get it. We're gonna get an idea of how this banged up Abs team can hang with those guys. I don't know the statuses of those teams. I don't know if they're all suffering crazy injuries or anything. I have been way less uh, in, informed on the other teams than I normally am so far this year. So it's been, um, I'm you know, I'm, I'm curious to see, and I'm really excited for tomorrow's game. I really am. Yeah, no, me too. I think we can wrap up with that. I know you don't like doing predictions, but any expectations for something from tomorrow's game? I I want an anything he can do, I can do better kind of night. So McDavid scores, McKinnon scores, Dreisaitl scores back, McKinnon scores again type thing. I mean, it would be great if it was like McDavid scores, Dreisaitl scores, McKinnon scores, McKinnon scores, McKinnon scores, McKinnon scores, McKinnon scores. <laughs> you know, something like that. And then maybe a McCarr thrown in there. But yeah, exactly. Like something, something like that. I think would be. I think that would be really cool to to see. Like a. All right, I don't have my running mates with me, and you guys do. Let's do this. So we've now completely assured this game will be a zero zero goalie duel between Cam Talbot and Adam Warner. <laughs> yeah. And that would be almost more insane, considering <laughs> it's Adam Warner's right second ever game. <laughs> Yeah, this yeah, right now. Okay, okay. Two two one coming, incoming, right? Like Yeah. <laughs> let's let's prepare. Uh all right. Anything else to say about the abs or the schedule or the standings? I could probably talk about those things endlessly just because I think about them a lot. But well, sure. But wrap it up. Wrap it up, AJ. No, it's fine. Uh it you know, no. I'm ready to I'm ready to go. We've got uh, we've got a post game pod and then we've got the big question pod with Evan on Friday. So that's coming up. We'd like to do a round table as well. Yeah. To mark the quarter pole of the season and you know, should be a fun couple of episodes we got coming up. Yeah, and it just seems like we've always got something to look forward to right around the corner on the pod. And on the site, we're doing so much right now. It's a lot of fun. I'm hoping everybody else is having as much fun as we are. Yeah, it's it's been a total blast for me making all this content. So I do hope people are enjoying it. Uh, one thing is for sure. 
when you put McKinnon against McDavid, what's going to happen? What? When you put McKinnon against McDavid, what's going to happen? Is it going to be game-changing? It is. That one was a bit of a stretch. I know. I was looking for something game-changing. It's going to yeah, happen. Yeah, I was, I was like, I I mean, they are game-changing on their own. They are. So you put them together, two times the game-changing. And that's kind of the way Strava Craft Coffee is headed as well. <laughs> so clucky. <laughs> so clucky. But hey, look, Strava Craft is great coffee, just like McKinnon and McDavid bring great hockey. That even rhymes, sort of, kind of. Go with it. Strava Craft has incredible reviews. Be sure to check them out. Their CBD-infused coffee has taken away all sorts of issues, including but not limited to long-term migraines, back pain, arthritis, IBS, even anxiety. CBD is all natural and not psychoactive. The coffee is rich and tasty. I Again, I cannot recommend it any more than I already have. As Strava says, drink deeply, live fully. You can check it out for yourself today and get 20% off when you use code DNVR20 at checkout and you can get it shipped straight to your door. That's going to do it for this kind of random all over the place episode. As always, thank you for listening and you have those episodes AJ described to look forward to.